Nerdettes, and happy Thanksgiving! Welcome to a very special edition of Nerdstalgia! My name is Cassie Toscana, and I'm your host! Today, we'll be talking about one of my all-time favorite holiday movies, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. The reason why we're going to be talking about this movie, if you didn't know, is it's because it's about Thanksgiving! It stars Steve Martin and John Candy, rest in peace. This movie was introduced to me by my dad and has been my favorite for years now. In fact, I looked at my Facebook memories for today, my Instagram memories for today, and I have posted that I'm watching Planes, Trains, and Automobiles literally every year for the past like five or six years. Um, I just really enjoy it. It's really funny. It is kind of like it is rated R, so I'm going to try to do this podcast as clean as possible. I do have a 13-year-old kid brother who I would like to keep these these things clean for. And plus, I just don't feel like it's in my personality to be like cursing or anything like that. I do, like, when I'm hanging out with my friends, I'm not a perfect human. I do curse now and now and now and again. I can't speak right now. <laughs> um, but I don't find it just fits my personality to be swearing up a storm all the time like it's just it's for me it's just about like pay attention to who you're with if you're with your friends I don't care like it's just not a thing I do and I don't care if you do or not but it's just not for me if that makes any sense at all so with that being said like I was saying I'm going to keep this as clean as possible but this movie is rated R. Um, these scenes, this is not a family movie by any means. It's just a really funny comedy about the holidays and whatever and trying to get home for Thanksgiving. So I was trying to figure out how I wanted to do this podcast. I do love other podcasts that kind of break down each episode of a series um, kind of as a fan perspective and how they feel about the episode which is originally like what I wanted to do with my podcast was break down just one show but since I love so many different shows and talking about it I just kind of talk randomly about each of the shows I enjoy but for this podcast I think I'm going to kind of break down what happens in this movie and talk about my thoughts I did take a lot of notes when I was watching it last night um, I decided to watch it last night versus like today or tomorrow because t- I am recording this the night before Thanksgiving, but this will go up on Thanksgiving Day. Uh, when I first started, um, the reason why I was doing a Thanksgiving um, episode at all was because I recorded last week on Thursday, so I want to keep it to every Thursday, and, and it just so happens that this Thursday is Thanksgiving, so I said, why not do a podcast about Thanksgiving, and what better way to do a Thanksgiving podcast than talk about planes, trains, and automobiles? So without further ado, I'm going to like go over my notes and share my thoughts and kind of break down this movie for you. So the movie opens, we're in New York City, and across the screen it reads, two days before Thanksgiving. So Neil Page, a.k.a. Steve Martin, is in a conference room with his co-workers. Their boss is sitting at the very far end of the table opposite of, of Steve Martin. And his co-worker, who is nameless, we never know his name. It's probably in the credits somewhere what his name is, but I don't. it's not important. He's literally in this scene in this scene alone. He has a plane ticket to go back to Chicago. So it's never really explained why... He works in, I think he works in marketing. Why he works in at this marketing job in New York when his family lives in Chicago. But the whole basis of the story is that's where he's trying to get to two days before Thanksgiving. And things are crazy. Like this year, people, I feel like, are 
trying to travel less, but I also heard on the news because of COVID, people don't care. They want to come home and see their families. I was going to go see my family, but California recommends a 14-day quarantine period when you come back, and I can't do that with my job. So unfortunately, I am staying home, but it's okay because I'm going over to a friend's. It's going to be a small gathering and going to have Thanksgiving over there. But anyway, so that's what he's trying to get home and years previous, it's crazy trying to get home during the holidays, right? So it is rush hour during New York City and he finally gets out of this business meeting. They're literally sitting there in silence and then at the end, like he's talking to um, his coworker that doesn't have a name saying like, we just decided to reconvene after the holidays after all of that and and before that they were literally like I was saying sitting in silence and he's looking at his plane ticket he's kind of panicking because he has a six o'clock flight and it's about 5 15 at this point and it feels like that they probably have been sitting there for a few hours while their boss is literally just like comparing to like I feel like it's like magazine covers or something like that or magazine advertisements and trying to decide which one and he starts to say something all they all kind of lean forward and Steve Martin's character Neil Page is kind of like tapping his watch to his coworker across the table and they're trying to he's trying to mouth to him I got to go and then the coworker's like what and like mouthing what and like they're trying to like communicate with each other but it's not working but then like I said um couple minutes later after this like really long silent scene where their boss is just trying to decide make a decision he's like um uh, he uh they're getting in the elevator i guess and this this boss never says a word and not, neither do any of the other co-workers they're kind of not important but he say but they're getting into the elevator he's trying to hurry get out get out um get out onto the street it's rush hour like i was saying so everyone's trying to get a cab but before that the other guy i guess lives in chicago too and he goes why don't you just come on the eight o'clock flight like you're never gonna make this six o'clock flight there's no way And he's like, I'll make it. It's fine. So like I said, he's out on the New York streets and can't get a cab. Of course he can't. He literally, at one point, it's so random. We see Kevin Bacon uh, from Footloose just randomly across the street trying to get a cab at the same time as Steve Martin's trying to get a cab, right? And it's, it's crazy. Like, trying to get a cab during rush hour. Trying to get a cab in New York at all. And I'm thinking, like, yeah, why are you taking the subway? I lived in New York in 2014 for about a month and a half for a musical theater program. And never once did I hail a cab because, A, I couldn't afford it. And, B, like, the subway, I had, like, a month-long pass. I paid, gosh, I don't remember how much I paid for it. But it basically covered my subway rides for the entire time I was there. It's a lot cheaper. It's a lot faster. I'm like, are these people, these, like, big head honcho business guys too good for the subway? like they need to hail a cab like I mean maybe the subway was a lot more I feel like after I think I hear my mom talk about this a lot like after like 9-11 New York just got like cleaned up and like things like crime went down people seemed nicer to each other and may and this was pre 9-11 so like maybe that's why again another problem I have with like this whole situation was like he is trying to leave who knows what time it is when he actually leaves his office because in the beginning of the movie it's about 5 15 his flight is at six knowing for like flying into new york 
there is three airports you can possibly fly into and none of them are actually in the city so it's going to be at least and with all that traffic during rush hour and everything it, there would be no way in heck you would make that plane at six his co-worker was absolutely right and we see the struggle and we'll get back to that in a second but like none of the airports are in the city in fact jfk and LaGuardia are both in Queens. And then you have um, Newark, which is in New Jersey. That's at least both at least an hour, if not more, with traffic to get into the city or out to the airports. There would be no way in heck. Like at this point, it's probably 15, 20 minutes later. It's probably like closer to 530. There's no way. So going back to the whole Kev, random Kevin Bacon thing. They're literally competing for to get a cab. They both see a cab that is in service and they're ready to go. They're running towards the same cab, right? And there's different obstacles to get in each of the each of the characters' ways, like and everything. It's just so random. And then ultimately, without getting into too much detail, like Kevin Bacon is like, "Ha, I got the cab," and he gets in. He doesn't say a word, but like he just gives them this like look, look, like "Ha, I got the cab." But then there's another man trying to get a cab. And Steve Martin's like, excuse me, I really have to make a plane. This is going to sound weird. I know this is your cab, but I will pay you any amount of money you want for this cab. And he's like, and he's like, okay. And he, he's like, I'll pay $50. And he's like, oh, sure. A man that would pay $50 might pay 75 And Steve Martin's like, not necessarily, but I am in a hurry. I'll do it. And he's like, happy, happy holidays. And he's like, oh, this will help. And he's just like a big jerk about it, but whatever. So then there, he sees this like random suitcase with a bunch of like stickers on it and stuff. And he's like, that's weird. And all of a sudden, like this guy, you see like putting like the cabbies, like, are you guys getting in or not? Like he's getting frustrated. But then some guy like taps the trunk to open it. And this guy is putting this big trunk into the suitcase and like, all of a sudden, like, after he pays the guy, the cab's not there. Turns out, like, his cab was stolen out from under him. His $75 cab that he paid for from a stranger is taken off. So he goes and he chases the cab down the street. And he's like, he stole my cab. And then he opens the door. John Candy is sitting in the back seat. And he's like, you stole my cab, you blankety blank, blank, blank. Because I can't, I'm not going to curse. And... Yeah, and then the cab takes off and the door closes. They go away. And then you see the next scene, Steve Martin's getting off a bus. I'm like, that's what I'm talking about. That's what it's all about in New York City, public transportation. Like, not a lot of people have a car in New York City. And if they do, it costs them an arm and a leg. So why are you doing it in the first place? So he gets to the airport, literally, like, he's, like, rushing through people. And this is why, how you know it's, like, pre-9-11. It's because there's no security or at least from what I can tell. I don't know if this is true or not. I might have to do some research about that. Let me know. Um, so he gets to the gate. And then it says flight whatever, which a number has been canceled or delayed or something. Delayed. It was delayed first. And so he's calling his wife. So we flash to his home in Chicago. Which, by the way, looks just like the house on Home Alone. And I did look this up last night. It is, this is a John Hughes movie, so, like, it is a very similar looking house. In fact, it might be the same one, but then I googled it, and it is very, like, the front archway is the only thing that's different from the Home Alone house, and both of these have different addresses, so they are two different houses, but they are almost identical. They're twin houses, and they're both in John Hughes movies, and they're both in holiday movies, so I was like, 
are they trying to just like change it up just ever so slightly so it's just like I don't know they try to tell you on the internet that it's two different houses but it's really the same house because it's so similar but anyway we go and we're in the kitchen of the pages him his wife and her daughter their daughter I mean and their two sons are sitting at the kitchen table and they're like, are you, she's like, are you guys excited for daddy to be home for Thanksgiving? And one of his kids is actually baby Matthew Lawrence, who plays Jack Hunter on Boy Meets World. And he also plays the, I believe his name is Chris, the boy on Mrs. Doubtfire that like, when they find out it's their daddy, he's like, it's a he, she, he's a he, she, he, 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 she, he's he. Like that whole scene there. He's there. He's Robin Williams' son for Mrs. Doubtfire. And I love Matthew Lawrence, and obviously you guys know I love Boy Meets World, and Jack is one of the best characters up until a certain point. I kind of talked about that, or I will talk about that on my Boy Meets World podcast. I did already record my Boy Meets World part one podcast, but this one will go out first. So anyway, ignore that. (laughs) Anyway, I love Matthew Lawrence, and it's fun. He has such a small role in this. He's about, I want to say he's four or five years old in this movie. And they're talking about Thanksgiving and who's coming over. And he says, do, do you think, or the, I think the little girl says, do you think grandpa will give me a noogie? And the mom's like, of course he's going to give you a noogie. He loves giving you noogies. And then baby Matthew Lawrence chimes in and he's like, won't I get any noogies? And the mom's like, no, grandpa gives you Indian burns. And he goes, but I prefer noogies. And it's the cutest thing. It's like the only line he really has in the movie. And it's the, it's so cute. And yeah, I just, I love that little Boy Meets World situation in there, even though this was way before Boy Meets World. And yeah, and we'll talk more about Matthew Lawrence and Jack Hunter on my Boy Meets World podcast coming out soon. So yeah, so he call he's at, Steve Martin's at the airport. He calls his wife and tells her, tells her the flight's delayed. Don't know, he doesn't know when they'll get going. And she's like, well, I'll wait up for you, blah, blah, blah. Um, so he's at the airport and he is sitting in those seats and they're, everyone's just kind of waiting for the Chicago flight to see if it's actually going to take off. And he is sitting across from John Candy. And then John Candy's like, I know you, don't I? And Steve Martin, obviously, the look on his face, he's like, oh, this is the guy who stole my cab. I know it. But he's being polite and he doesn't say anything. He's like, no, it's not me. He's like, no, I know. I know you from somewhere. I know. John Candy's like insisting. He's like, no, 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 you don't. I don't know who you are, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, wait a minute. You're the guy who opened the door of my cab. That was so crazy. And then Steve Martin is like, oh, that was actually my cab and you took it from me. So thanks a lot. And then John Candy being the nice guy that he is, his character's name is Del Griffin. Griffith. Griffith? Griffith. Del Griffith. That's what it is. And I can't speak, say last names correctly sometimes. <laughs> but anyway, um, Del goes, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. His character is like down to earth and super nice and completely like oblivious to, to things sometimes, but we'll get into that more later on. Um, he's like, oh, I'm so sorry. Can I make it up to you? Can I buy, how about a beer and a hot dog? And or how about a cup of coffee? And like he keeps suggesting things in Steve Martin or Neil Page. I'll try to say like their 
character names versus their real names but i i don't know it might be easier just to say their character names steve martin's like no it's fine it's fine like it's good i try to watch what i eat and he's like well like i'll figure something out so then they finally get on the plane and steve martin is arguing with the flight attendant and the flight and he said i had a first class ticket and she's like gives the best sass ever and she's like well you have a first where you have a coach seating assignment and she's just like i can't do anything about it and he's like look i paid for this ticket over a month ago and he's not having it and then she's like i don't like your attitude and he's like well my attitude what about your attitude and it's this whole funny thing and he ends up she's like go take your seat and then this dude comes in and he's a regular on the airlines and uh, which is kind of bizarre. Like how many, have you ever seen the same flight attendant twice? And he's like, hi, wh- whoever, like, good to see you. And she's, he's like this seat. Okay. She's like, yo, yeah, sure. Anywhere, honey, like whatever. When she just told Steve Martin that first class was full and he's like, are you kidding me? And he, she's like, take your seat, sir. And she, her sass is unbelievable. Um, love it. Um, there are some minor like character interactions that I absolutely love and we'll get into another one later and he finally gives in and goes back to coach and sure enough he he's like he's like I can't wait to see what happens next sure enough his seat is next to John Candy who still won't shut up and keeps talking and talking and talking the whole time and Steve Martin's like great trying to ignore him trying to be polite but really this guy is getting on his nerves so he they finally take off and then you see they flash to the chicago airport where it's blizzarding out no planes are going out all these flights are getting canceled 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 you see that and the flight from chicago to new york probably isn't that long but like the all the lights off from the plane everybody's sleeping um steve martin's in the middle seat john candy's in the aisle and then this random guy's on the window and basically both guys are sleeping essentially on Steve Martin and like like the old gentleman in the window seat kind of coughs in his face and John Candy before that like takes off his shoes and he I'm telling you this this guy takes off his shoes and socks just like I take off my bra at the end of the night after work he's like oh that feels so good and obviously his feet are really smelly and you could see it all this acting is fantastic with Steve Martin this comedic acting when he's like like he looks like he's going to barf when John Candy takes off his shoes and at this point Neil is just trying to be polite and you could just see his frustration written all over his face but anyway so they're flying and then it's taking a while and then John Candy goes I bet you that we're not going to be landing in I bet you everything. He says something that I'm not going to repeat because I'm not going to swear on here. But this is so hard to talk about this movie and not like say the inappropriate jokes because I just it's not in my nature, like I said, to talk about inappropriate jokes in a public setting or anything like, like that. Like I would tell like a- my roommate Amy has seen this movie. We quote this movie all the time, uh, but we're in our own room or in our own like friendship or whatever, like of course I'm just going to be myself and like talk to her about it. But when I'm in a public setting, I'm not going to say inappropriate jokes or cuss or anything like that. So that's just where we're at. So he's like, basically he's like, I bet you everything we're not landing in Chicago. And they ended up landing in Wichita, Wichita, Kansas. And then it goes from there. 
So then he calls Steve Martin, a.k.a. Neil, calls his wife again, and he says, she said, are you in Chicago? And he goes, no, the flight got rerouted to Wichita, and she goes, why are you in Wichita? He's like, I don't know, we just landed here. Like, sometimes when you're talking to someone over the phone, it doesn't make sense, and you just kind of, you leave stuff out, and this is exactly what's happening with Neil and his wife. And he he says, I'm going to try to get on a plane tomorrow, like... Well, I'm going to have to stay the night. And she goes, okay, like, what time do you think you'll be in? And this whole conversation. And she's clearly just disappointed because, like, I don't know how long he's been in New York working. But it's very clear that it's been a while because she's definitely just super disappointed that he won't be there tonight. Um, and his kids are, like, when they find out in those scene previous that their dad's not coming, it's just heartbreaking. But they... They don't show it for very long, but you can, you can tell. But yeah, so they are in Wichita and, uh, instead of calling for a hotel, Steve Martin, Neil Page doesn't, he called his wife instead. He's trying to call for a hotel now at this point. Everyone's booked up because there's been a lot of planes grounded or a lot of, you know, flights canceled, blah, blah, blah. And John Candy goes, um, did you get a hotel? And, And Steve's like, no. And he said, well, I got a hotel. Um, I can help you out. I know the owner of the hotel. And he can hook you up, whatever. And Neil thinks about it. And he's like, nah, I just want to get rid of this guy because he's super annoying. But then he sees this man like sleeping on the floor with his coat as a pillow. And he's like, well, this doesn't seem ideal. ideal. And then he comes. And then he goes, sure. So they get this weird cab like this guy, apparently, um, Del Griffith knows everybody and he knows the cabbie as well. And this cab has like hula bobblehead things. And like, I don't know, like it's totally tricked out if that makes any sense. Like, and you can tell Neil is super uncomfortable and yeah, it's just, they get there and it's taking a long time to get to the hotel Oh, I forgot this part. So, like, John Candy, this is probably one of my favorite lines, and it's clean, so I can share it. He says, you'd have a better luck of finding a three-legged ballerina than finding a hotel room right now. I think it's funny. He has a lot of one-liners like that. They're just, like, perfect John Candy moments. (laughs) I guess that's all I can say about that. Um, So, yeah. So, this weird, like, cab ride is happening, and... It's taking a while and Neil's getting annoyed and he's like, are we, where is this hotel? Like, where are you taking me? Like, it's kind of making him uncomfortable. Like, that would make me uncomfortable too. Like, I don't know how to explain. Maybe I'll put a picture of it up on my Instagram to explain, like, what this car looks like because it's, it's not your typical, it's not a yellow, like, cab. It's like, it's like, almost like hot pink and like green and I don't know, like, a bunch of stuff in the back seat. like, I don't know, it's just a wreck, it's just a mess, so then, he's like, I thought I would take him through the scenic route, and he's like, it's the middle of the night, what is there to see, and it's Wichita, like, it's in the middle of nowhere, and it's, and you can tell he's annoyed, but then they finally get to the hotel, and, and Del Griffith's thing is he sells shower curtain, uh, rings that's his whole business thing he sells them and which is like the most bizarre business 
thing you could get into. I'm like, where did they come up with that? But anyway, so that's how he knows all these people. But I'm like, still, like, how do you, I don't get all these connections you have. Because how many shirt and shower curtain rings can you actually sell? But we'll get into another way he sells these shower curtain rings later on in the movie. But, um, the... The guy or the hotel manager is like, how the heck are you, buddy? And like, he, um, tell, he like, how are things going? And John Candy has another really nice one-liner that's actually clean too. And he says, well, I'm still a million dollars short of being a millionaire. He has all these like dad jokes throughout the film and it's so great. And it's very typical. I've seen John Candy in other movies too, like Home Alone and whatever. And like, he does the same thing. He basically, his thing is these dad jokes and they're like, ha ha ha. And he like runs the credit cards. Turns out that Neil and Dell's credit cards are exactly the same. He ends up running Neil's credit card for the room. And then I say the room because turns out there's only one room left in the hotel hole in the hotel and they end up having to share it and and yeah so they get to the room there of course there's only one bed and there's the awkward like who's gonna get the bed situation and who's gonna get the floor and then John Candy (laughs) Dell goes you want to take a shower and Neil goes no and there's a lot of things that date this movie but like that's one of them being like totally repulsed about like the idea of sharing a shower with another man <laughs> and I'm like that idea wouldn't be a thing in 2020 like for t- people to poke fun at at least like I don't know just times have changed I'm not gonna get into it but also another thing that dates the movie is like Neil goes to take a shower and Dell's sitting on the bed and there's like a, a slot or a slot machine like a coin thing next to it like like I don't know, those big metal things that you would if you had like a um like a like the carousel at the mall, like a coin I don't know. What do you what are those called? Like a dispenser? Like or like like a thing you would put a quarter in to get a bubblegum ball out. And the, turns out the bed is like this vibrating massage bed. And I'm like, this is such like a late eighties, early nineties thing that way you would find in a hotel like a crappy side of the road hotel <laughs> like that really dated this movie for sure so neil like i said is in the shower and like he's scrub sudsing up and he the hot water or the water altogether turns off and then he has soap in his eyes and he can't get it out and then all of a sudden it turns on and it's like it's like unbelievably hot like blazing hot and he's like hot 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 whatever and then he gets out of the shower and the floor is soaking wet. There is towels soaked on the floor and next to him is the towel rack and there's this teeny tiny washcloth and it's so funny. He starts just like dabbing himself with it to dry himself off and he like does like, I don't know, like tries to dry himself off and it's just, I don't know how to explain it. It's just really funny trying to watch him try to dry himself off with this tiny washcloth and then he and then they're about to go to sleep and they're sharing the bed like nobody decided to be on the floor they just go with it and then turns out that Dell spilled beer all over the bed because he had the beer um on the bed when it was vibrating <laughs> and uh 
Steve Martin's uncomfortable. He's trying to get comfortable with his pillow, but it's soaking wet. You can't really see because it's dark, but they explain that. And Dell's like, I'm sorry, I would trade you pillows, but I'm allergic to most feathers and pillows and stuff, and I always take my own. And he has all this stuff in this trunk, and he just has, he brings so much stuff with him, like, these, like, really, like, this, like, matching pajama set that he wears in a couple of scenes, and, like, he smokes, and he, like, has his own pillow, and it's just funny, all the stuff that he actually has with him. And... So they're trying to go to sleep, and then Dell starts, like, like trying to clear his sinuses really loud so he doesn't snore. And he's, like, he's, like, <coughs> like trying to, like, get all this phlegm out. And then at one point, it's, like, da-da-da-da-da-da. And then Steve Martin, like, he's, like, literally, I don't want to do it because it will hurt my throat. But, like, basically just picture that he's just, he's doing da-da-da-da with his, like, throat. Like, like, and at that point, Steve Martin has had it. This guy is so annoying. He's spilt beer. He's trying to clear his sinuses. He's sharing a bed with this dude. And he's just trying to get home for Thanksgiving. He made him pay for the cab, the hotel, like you name it. Neil has literally paid for everything. And this guy literally won't shut up. Like, he... So Steve Martin has finally had enough. He tells him, like, you are, like, over annoying. He calls him, he tells him he's, like, a ch- he calls him, like, a, he's, like, a chatty Kathy doll. And he said, except for someone isn't pulling the string, you're pulling your own string and you won't shut up. And he's like, ah, ah, ah. And I don't know how to explain it, but it's just so funny. And he's like, do you know on the plane that I was so bored with you, I started reading the vomit bag? <laughs> like, you just don't get... You don't get it. But honestly, I get he's annoyed. But honestly, Neil is such a jerk in this scene. I'm like, come on, man. This guy's the nicest guy in the world. And you just tolerate his little flaws here and there. I understand that these flaws are mm, probably a big deal. <laughs> like, he literally, like, that would be so annoying to sleep in a, a bed full of beer. But honestly, he could have just slept on the floor. Like, I don't understand why he didn't do that. But whatever. For comedic reasons, it's funny. And he's just like, but Dell, like, I don't get, and then another thing is I don't get how Dell messed up the room so fast. He literally let, let Neil have like the first shower, but yet how did he get in there to like mess up all the towels? Like they're all full of water. Like, I don't understand how he messed it up so fast, but yeah. So basically Dell's like, fine, you can like hate me all you want but I am who I am I'm like what you see is what you get and I'm proud of that and I have a wife who loves me so that's all that matters and Steve kind of feels bad because you know he's like you know this guy maybe he's thinking like this guy is not that bad so they end up going to sleep and then all of a sudden out of nowhere I don't know how they didn't hear them there's a guy breaking into his room with a a big like steak knife not even like a not even like a like like a real knife like a steak knife like opening the door with it takes both of their wallets takes all the cash out of them and it seems like steve martin is like gonna wake up and like see him but he goes back to sleep but i'm like he literally how did they not hear it was like a huge noise of him opening the door how did he not hear them i'm so confused but anyway so they get robbed and that's that 
So flash forward to the next morning, they're in bed and they're actually cuddled up, which is kind of, it's really funny, but I honestly thought it was so cute. Neil, uh, I mean, Dell has his arm wrapped around Neil and Neil is holding his hand and they, they're like spooning. And then they're like, it, they end up like Neil is kissing no, sorry, strike that, reverse it. Dell is kissing Neil's ear like like he thinks like she, he's a woman, right? And then all of a sudden they kind of come to and Neil's like, why are you kissing my my ear? And at, at first before they come to, it looks like like Neil is like having a fantasy or something because he's smiling, loving it, enjoying it. And then he goes, wait, why are you kissing my ear? And then... John Candy goes, why are you holding my hand? And he goes, and then uh, this is the best part. That's why I can't get through it right now. Uh, and then he goes, where is your other hand? And he goes, between two pillows. And then Steve Martin goes, those aren't pillows. <laughs> and then you can put it together. I don't want to go get into explaining it, but you can probably figure out what's going on right there. But uh, they're like, ah, and they're freaking out. And then to kind of shake it off. <laughs> Um, Neil goes, so did you, or one of them, I don't remember who, they go, did you catch that Bears game last week? The typical, how about them Bears? Like, when you're in an awkward situation, line goes out there. So, like, flash forward, they're like, they go to a diner for breakfast, and I have to talk about the waitress that brings them their food. So they're, like, talking about getting out of there and trying the airlines and whatever. Del convinces Neil that the airlines are going to be no good and maybe that they should take a train he knows again he knows like one of the managers or whatever of the train company because he sold him all these shower curtain rigs and this keeps bringing up that this is how he knows all these people and they're like fine whatever but before before i get too much into the scene i have to talk about this waitress this waitress has literally the worst move movie makeup i've ever seen in my life I understand that this is the 80s and makeup was a lot different. You got the big blue eyeshadow, which she has going on beautifully, and the big red lipstick and the nice rosy cheek and the big hair, what have you. But this lady literally needs, girl needs to know how to blend because it is literally line, like big, you could, t you can tell where her foundation starts and her, bl or her blush starts and her foundation ends. Like, literally, it's big, huge lines on her face. Like, I know 80s has... The people, like, women were really into, like, really caking on that makeup. But, like... But most of the time, it doesn't look that bad. It just... You're like, oh, it's an 80s movie. Like, no big deal. Like, that was the style. No. This girl does not know how to blend. Like, I get it. Like... And this is such, like, a minor detail of mine. But I just noticed it since I just started getting back into makeup and whatnot. Like this is not good like this ain't it <laughs> so going back to Dell and neil so they're talking about getting out of there and they go to pay for their breakfast and then uh neil says i'll take care of it since i took care of everything else he goes into his wallet and all his cash is gone we as an audience know that they were robbed and so He's like, wow, really? You took my money? And he's like, I didn't take your money. He's like, really? Then how come my wallet's empty? And he's like, I'm an honest man. I would never take your money. Count the money. There's $263. And if there's a penny more, then you can talk to me about it. So 
or I don't know the exact amount, but he's like, he looks at, Neil looks in his wallet and sure enough, uh, Dell's cash is gone too. And he's like two, 200 and whatever dollars, huh? I, I told you. And he's like, no, yours is empty too. And he's like, and then they're like, kind of like shaking their heads. And then, and Dell goes, we were robbed. And then he's like freaking out. And then and then Steve Martin goes, gee, you think so? <laughs> like, it's just like a dirt to dirt type of thing. And it's like, like, but why was that obvious? Like, I mean, it should have been obvious because the robbers were so loud opening the door. Like, I would have jumped out of my skin. This movie does have some flaws now that I see as an adult. But it's so, it's so forgivable because the rest of, like, the comedic stuff is so on point that you don't even care like it doesn't matter and as I'm listening to more podcasts about things I realize that people tear apart shows and movies like a lot and I'm like oh my gosh I noticed that too and it's just kind of fun to do it that way it doesn't really mean anything it doesn't mean that you love a movie or tv show less it's just that you as an adult you're noticing more things so then there's a matter of getting to the train station and neither of them have a car because they don't live there right so the hotel manager has this son that tell and he tells Dell, "Oh, my son can take you to the train station, no problem." So they're waiting outside the hotel for, um, I think the manager's name is Gus. They're waiting for Gus's son. He pulls up in this truck, and then he has his wife in the front seat and his two kids. One of the kids being a being a baby and there she's holding the baby and then the there are other kids sitting next to her and he is like if like there was a like a definition of a country hick it would be this guy he literally has like a wad of tobacco in like his teeth and he every 10 seconds spits a little bit out and he's just like this like country guy and he looks terrifying he looked like he looks like he could I don't know. He looks, I don't want to be, a, I don't want to be judgy, but he looks like a murderer <laughs> and he comes out and he's like, heard you guys need to go <laughs> to the train station. And he's like, the people train don't run out of Wichita. That's only for cows and cattle. And he's like, the people train runs out of Stubbsville. And he's then John Candy and Steve Martin are like, okay, that's fine. And they're kind of terrified of him. Not going to lie. And he tell he kind of yell he doesn't tell he yells at his wife to like get out here he's like hey get out here and help them with their stuff and and she hands the baby over to the other kid and she gets out and she's like this part is is really funny too and she's like they're like oh no it's fine it's fine like we can do it and she's like she may be short but she short and skinny but she's strong first baby come out sideways and she didn't scream or nothing (laughs) and i can't i almost can't get through this it's just so it's so funny but anyway steve martin and john candy insist on putting their own stuff in the trunk but there's nowhere for them to sit so they end up sitting in the back of the truck bed and there's actually two dogs in the back of the truck bed and they're kind of like, the dogs aren't happy with it, and they're kind of growling at them the whole time. And Steve Martin, like, loses his glove, and, like, the dog snaps at him, and, and then John Candy's like, give him back the GD glove! <laughs> and I don't know why he's that was funny to me, but they're freezing in the back of the truck. And um, 
he's like, it's about 30 miles to Stubbsville. And they're like, Steve Martin's pretty much like, oh, perfect. And like, he's like, what do you think the temperature is? And he goes, and John Candy goes, I don't know, one, (laughs) like, and living in Wyoming my entire life, I could totally relate. That's cold. That is just above zero, but it's not much better. And it's freezing. And they get to the train station and John Candy and Steve Martin and both dogs have this frost all over their faces. And the dog is like stuck in like this growl. And it's really funny. Anyway, they get to the train station and Steve Martin goes to get them tickets because why not? He's been paying for everything that he's mentioned several times that he's been paying for everything. And he um, says, oh, he he definitely got two separate seats on purpose. But he's like, they didn't have two seats together. I'm so sorry. And he's like, Do you, and John Candy goes, oh, that's too bad. Well, I guess since it is the holidays or whatever. Like, that makes sense. And he's, like, want to get a drink in the bar cart. And Steve Martin's clearly trying to get rid of him. And he's like, "Mm, no, that's okay. I'm just going to, you know, go it alone from now on. He's like, that's fine. Totally fine. Totally get it. So they're chugging along. (laughs) It's a train. They're going along. And all of a sudden, the train breaks down. And everybody's getting off. And then you see John Candy struggling with his, his big... Uh, crate? What do you call it? Suitcase? I guess it's not a, a traditional suitcase. It has no wheels or anything like today. I don't think they had wheelie suitcases at, at this point in time. But what am I saying? A big trunk. His big trunk. He's struggling to like drag it along. And then very sweetly, Steve Martin kind of picks up the other handle and they end up at another diner and trying to figure out how, what to do from there. And they're in like, no, they're not in St. Louis at this point. I don't know where they're at, but they walk to there's a they say there's a bus station a mile away and they're at this diner trying to figure it out and I believe this is where we get into where Dell sells all his shirt and sh- I keep saying shirt and cream instead of <laughs> shower curtain rings I can't say that his shower curtain rings and oh no this is after that I lied <laughs> So at this point, they're walking to the to the bus station. Steve Martin, like I said, sweetly helps him lift his trunk um, with the other handle. And they're walking to the bus station. And John Candy's like, have you ever traveled by bus? And he's like, how you doing, buddy? And he's like, not great. And he's like, have you ever traveled by bus before? And he's like, no. And he's like, well, your mood's probably not going to improve. <laughs> he's just like laying it out all out there. They're on the bus. They're sitting together. There's kids running around. There's people sleeping. There's people literally next to them, like, making out. And John Candy's like, oh, check it out. And I'm like, that's just gross. First of all, the people just, like, randomly going at it, basically, is gross enough. And then John Candy's going to be like, oh, look at that. <laughs> like, I'm like, this part is so cringy and would not fly in this time. This is the only, like, problem I have, per se. Um, with this movie is this scene. I just wish it didn't exist. And my move, mood doesn't improve. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, it's fine after that. So then we, the guy's like, why don't you like take a picture? It'll last longer. And I'm like, yeah, good point. I like, I am not even mad at the couple making out because John Candy's honestly being so gross. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, this is the part of John Candy's humor. I don't really like. But anyway, moving on, they're doing a sing-along, and they start singing the Thanksgiving song, and 
yada yada and then uh, then John Candy's basically leading this whole thing and and he's like who else has the song and then and then Steve Martin goes I do and he sings this song like three coins and a fountain something I don't know the song either and all the people on the bus are like what is this song like they don't know and then he's like, okay, nobody knows. Oh, like, never mind. Like, I do that sometimes too. I kind of have that feeling where I'm like, <laughs> never mind. Bye. <laughs> like, when I am at work, um, I think I said this on my intro podcast at work at Starbucks. And we talk to each other on our headsets because we have a drive through at our Starbucks. So we're all on a headset at all times, pretty much. And we also have the ability to talk. To, it's like a, like a, a two-way radio where we can talk to each other so you press a button and you could talk to everybody who's on a headset and everyone can hear the drive-through orders as well it's just like a big radio system that's how a drive-through speaker works essentially what we i'll be say a reference to something on the drive-through headset and i there's silence when i say certain references um because i like older movies and i like older music and stuff that i um experienced with my parents and they introduced me to these things so um, like I was saying, like, I'll say a reference and then there's dead silence on the, on the headset. And I'm like, Oh, never mind. So like Steve Martin has this moment like that I've had several times in my life where he has a reference to something and nobody else knows the reference. I'm like, Oh, never. And he's like, never mind. So then to break the tension or break like the silence, John Candy starts singing the Flintstones and everybody sings along and it's really cute. And then all of a sudden, John Candy goes, oh, by the way, the bus tickets are only good to St. Louis. So I don't know how far away Wichita is from from Chicago, but it seems like it's a very long ways away because the movie goes on and it still takes them the entirety of the movie to get to Chicago. But I'll kind of get into that that later. So they get to the airport and... um. Or or I think the bus station or the airport in in St. Louis. And they need more money for the rest of the journey. So John Candy uses the shower curtain thing ring to his advantage. And he passes them off as hoop earrings. And sells them to all kinds of women. Um, young women, older women, everything. Like he, the younger women he convinces. Like they're probably 16, 17 years old. And he convinces them that they look like 18 or 19 with these earrings and they buy them. So he gets all this money. And then at this point, um, Steve Martin's like, I got to lose this guy, even though like they keep running into each other. And that's pretty much the basis of the movie. But like they're at this restaurant and he's like, let's part ways. And John Candy gets so hurt by it. Like I would too. He's like, it's fine. And he tries to pay, he like tries to pay him back for everything with the cash he just got from the shower curtain slash earring sale that he just did. And he's like, please take my money. Like he's, and Neil's like, no, I'm not going to do that. It's fine. And he just says, just take the money. And he gets really intense and he's really sad and leaves. So they end up, um, Steve Martin ends up getting a rental car at an airport and he's on this bus that or the shuttle, I guess, that takes them to, um, the rental cars and he's looking for his rental car and he gets to the parking spot where his rental car should be. And the parking space is empty, but the shuttle is already driving away. And my guess is that the rental car parking lot is a ways away from the airport. And 
he has to walk all the way back and he slides down this snowbank and almost falls into into oncoming traffic on the freeway and although I don't relate to the whole almost falling into the freeway situation I do relate like walking to school and there being huge snowbanks that you would try to like walk over the top like not that you had to because it was like in your walking way but like as a kid you're like oh challenge accepted let me walk over this big snow hill and then you get to the top and it's fine and then you go try to get down it and like sidestep it down and you slip all the way down been there done that several times as a child so I definitely related to it that was so funny to me and he gets there he's like soaking wet his tie is like around his neck and he's just had it he's over it he gets to this lady she's on the phone and she puts her little finger up and she's like oh mom and dad are gonna make the turkey and oh dad wants ambrosia and she has this cute little accent and she's actually don't know her name but she's fantastic she's in other 80s movies at least one other I mean, that's uh ferris bueller's day off she's the she's principal rooney's secretary when he's like grace she's that lady so she's she's hilarious i love her she's on the phone or whatever she's like She's giggling to her sister, whoever the heck she's talking to. And she's like, gobble, gobble at the end. It's so funny. And then she goes, Steve Martin's over it. He's so mad. And he's, and she's like, how can, she's like, can I help you? And he's like, yeah. And she's like, okay, here we go. Like, she already knows. She knows that he's going to be a Karen and like be all mad about something that happened to his rental car. And he is like I came to the this has f word after f word after f word in this sentence so I'm going to use substitute a little bit it's so funny she's like I went to the freaking lot to find the freaking car that wasn't freaking there and to walk all the way freaking back to to, for you to have this like he's like you could wipe that freaking smile off your face and he's just going off and she's like do you have your her sass back is peak comedy like she's like do you have the rental agreement like the minor characters that play off of these two guys in this movie are like it's not I wouldn't say it would it makes the movie but they play off of these two guys so well and and it's just such like minor little one-liner moments but it's so funny and she's like she's like do you have your going back to the whole thing she's like do you have your rental agreement he's like i threw it away and she's like hmm guess you're out of luck then but she doesn't say that obviously but she's like well you're screwed (laughs) but she doesn't say that either but um so like he is trying the next moment he's trying to get a taxi and the taxi guy at the stand is like where are you going and he's like chicago and the guy's like chicago like you're gonna take a cab all the way to chicago and then this car is like roaring through like crazy driver coming through and well oh first of all like steve martin again has had it don't remember what he says to this guy trying to get him a taxi but he gets punched in the face and then this car comes down and almost hits him and he breaks hard. Turns out it's Dell who got a rental car. Just like just like Neil attempted to. And the guy Neil was obviously being a jerk to him. Gosh, I don't remember what he says, but it's but it's really funny. So the guy's like, get your car out of here, and he's a jerk. Like he's like, I don't know what it is about people who get you taxis or like Ubers, like the Uber line at airports. They just are over it. Like I could like it's Thanksgiving weekend. I I I'm pretty sure like he's over it 
but they're just like over the top like rude sometimes and but in this guy's case I can I get why he's so rude because he was just dealing with Steve Martin being being super rude and (laughs) so I get I get why he's being rude but anyway he is yelling at Dell to move the car get it out of here get it out of here whatever and he's like can't you see that this guy's hurt you (laughs) and bleepity bleep and like he's he's it's just so funny he's like you incompetent butthole but obviously he doesn't say that and he's like he's like you insensitive it's not incompetent it's in you insensitive butthole (laughs) and he's trying to he's like now help him up and steve martin's like no 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 and so he grabs him by his man business and pulls him up so funny and then they end up neil and Dell are back together again and they are driving to chicago from st louis again this is where the timeline thing it gets all messed up because the beginning of the movie it says they had two days till thanksgiving and they spent one night so i'm thinking that it's like tuesday when he when they originally start to leave and then it's wednesday and then they're like driving all night to get home in time for thanksgiving so i guess that makes sense but it's still like how in the heck and i will this is not the first time i'll say this how in the heck did they get home in time for thanksgiving like, spoiler alert, they do end up getting home in time for Thanksgiving, but I literally don't know how. If I were them and I was having this much trouble, I would have been there, like, four days later. But somehow they manage, but we'll get into that. Oh, I forgot this one part. I'm just looking back at my notes. When Steve Martin is yelling at the rental car lady, her coworker, like, that's at the counter next to her, has the most appalled look on her face. I'm like, that is background acting to its finest i'm like i noticed her immediately when she's like appalled that that um steve martin is cussing her out and it's just she's like oh my god and she's like trying to like tell the people to come to her counter instead and like next in line kind of a situation and she's just like oh what like i i'm like so sorry but it doesn't matter because rental car lady can hold her own and we know this from this scene but anyway and like I said, the taxi guy handles his own too. And oh, and then the, the other line John Candy has that's fantastic in this scene. He's like, I almost crushed your head like a melon when he almost runs him over. Uh, John Candy was seriously, he died way too soon. He could have had so many like moments like this in, uh, in movies. I just, it's a shame that he died so young but yeah so they're driving along and steve martin is driving at this point they're gonna take turns driving and john candy's trying to get comfortable he's adjusting the seat and he can't get it to where he wants it he's going back forth side to side i don't know how many different ways this seat can move but it can move everywhere and then he's like you're steve martin's getting mad he's like you're gonna break the seat and he's like i am not and blah 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 and he's like he's like just leave it where it is and he's like I can't he's like I can't now I'm comfortable and I can't take my shoes off and Steve Martin remembering it on the plane is like oh god please don't like he's like don't do this and he's like well I can't relax without my shoes off he's like well I can't breathe with your shoes off and it's this whole thing so then so then it's it's Dell's turn to drive 
And he's like, yeah, I broke the seat. And he, the seat just keeps moving by itself. And at one point, Steve Martin is like up against the windshield with his face. He's like, oh, this is super comfortable. And then it goes all the way back. And he's like, fine, I'll just deal. Because it just stays all the way back at one point. And he goes to sleep. So this, I said the pillows thing was the best scene in the entire movie. No, this is the best scene in the entire movie. So that's where we're going to go next. So like I said, Dell is just driving, Steve Martin's asleep, and we're listening to the radio and mess around, or doing the mess around, I think is what it's called, by Ray Charles comes on the radio and Dell is jamming out. He, it's so funny, he plays like piano on the dash, he's got a fake saxophone, an air saxophone going on, he's dancing around, he's lip syncing, so funny. And all the meanwhile, Steve Martin is dead asleep in the passenger seat. And then he, at at the same time, he's smoking a cigarette, gross, whatever. But he throws it out the window. I'm like, wow, litterer. But he throws it out the window. He thinks it goes outside, but it really goes in the back seat. It blows around. Why in the heck, like, his back seat windows are open? I don't really know. Like, it's cold out. Like, they, like, it's winter. It's Thanksgiving. It's... It, it they it's in a part of the country that's cold during in like November like why do they have any of the windows open but it blows around to the passenger seat window and you're like oh no that's not gonna be good and we forget about it for a minute but then like it starts getting hot in the car and John Candy's like whoof and he's like fanning himself with his jacket and decides he wants to take it off he tries to take off his parka and he takes one arm out and it gets cut his arm or he tries to, attempts to, his arm gets caught, like the buttonhole or whatever on the sleeve gets caught on the part of the, like, like the, um, I don't know, some part of the underseat, it gets caught, and he's like, oh no, he can't get it off, he's like struggling, driving with one hand, he's kind of swerving all over the road, and he's like, what am I going to do, what am I going to do? My thought was he should have pulled over, took a took his jacket off and kept driving no he doesn't do that so he tries to get the other side off and that gets caught on the seat back thing not the seat back the part that makes the seat go down he that one gets caught too so he's driving and he's doing this fantastic like crotch knee driving action and he's trying to get his jacket off can't get it off and all of a sudden he's like he like screams and like he's like ah and like rips it off and they end up like taking this exit and being on the other side of the road and Steve Martin wakes up and he's like, dude, are you okay? And he's like, yeah, I'm great. And he's like, wow, it's really hot in here. You should really take your parka off. And, and Dell's like, yeah, probably. <laughs> Which is what he was trying to do the whole time. So then he gets, he goes up the wrong way onto the freeway, driving along. And there's these two semis that are driving side by side coming at them. There's a couple that's driving next to them going the correct way saying, oh my gosh, he's going to kill somebody. And they're honking their horn, trying to get his attention to tell him that he's going the wrong way. And he's like, oh, whatever. They're just drunk. And then Steve Martin hears all this and he wakes up because at this point he fell back asleep once Dell keeps driving. And he's like, what do they want? Like, he's like, nothing. They're just drunk. And he does this like mimicking of drinking and like acting all drunk. And he's like, nothing, it's fine. They're just drunk. And like, they're like, you're going the wrong way. You're going to kill somebody. And then by the time, and Steve Martin's like, thank you. He's like, oh, whatever. 
And then Steve Martin kind of is waking up still. And he's like, he finally realizes just before they go in between. I don't know how this is possible. This is not scientifically possible or physically possible. They go in between the two semis and drive straight through, scratching up both sides of the car. And while this is happening, they're like, ah, and they're like freaking out and like lights are flashing. It's like, it's like this like science fiction scene. There's like at one point, Dell looks like a skeleton. And then at another point, um, Steve Martin's character, Neil, sees him as the devil. And he's like, whoa, this was my plan all along kind of situation. And they like get between the, th- the finally get out from between the two semis and their luggage goes flying out of the car. And then they spin out and are on the side of the road. And at this point, Dell's fingers are stuck to the steering wheel. The steering wheel's bent in half or bent in three quarters. And Neil is grabbing onto the dash for dear life. And his fingers are literally like melted, infused into um, the dash. And they're like, oh my God. And then they get out of the car. They're trying to get the luggage off of the road and get Dell's trunk. And these cars it's late at night so there aren't very many well thank goodness there's not very many cars on the road um so this honestly could have been a lot worse and it should have been a lot worse but for the movie we'll just move on and they're trying to be like let's just like laugh about it and neil at this point is just like at that point he's just kind of over it he's like and way before this i forgot to mention neil does say don't let me forget my wallet in the glove compartment. And so we come to find out that um, we remembered about the cigarette in the back and they're kind of trying to laugh it off. And all of a sudden the car goes up in smoke and they're like, well, this is kind of how our life is. And they kind of just accept it. And then we find out that. So like I said, they're kind of like, like being like oh bummer like bummed out but this is kind of how our life is going like we just can't get anywhere and then the car catches on fire like i was saying and they're like well now what and neil's like my card and they're kind of laughing at this point some more and he's like my credit card and everything and wallet was in the glove compartment and neil and then um Dell's like ha 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 and i used your credit card to i don't remember what he says and then Neil realizes, what do you mean you used my credit card? And he's like, I was going to pay you back. And he's like, you stole it. He's like, I didn't steal it. And he's like, you stole it. And then this weird shaking things happen. He's like, he's like, then you have the credit card. He's like, no, I put it back in your wallet. And he's like shaking him back and forth. I don't know how to explain it, but he's just like, he's just like shaking him out of frustration. And he's like, oh my God. And then all of a sudden he's like, we're basically like, Dell's like, are are we good? And then he's like, yeah, or something. He says something to make him kind of like, make him think that he's fine. And then he he sucker punches him in the gut. And he's like, oh, and then they end up driving the broken car, which by the way, when they look at the damage of the car, it is totally trashed and scratched up on both sides, like all the way up, up and down. And... Dell's like, oh no, it's fine. They'll we'll take this to a shop and they'll buff it right out. And, and I looked at it. I'm like, no, this is a major problem. And oh, that's what it was. I remembered why, like, 
Neil was kind of laughing at first and he's like oh this is your problem now because you rented the car and it's on your name haha <laughs> but then Dell's like well I actually used your credit card for the rental car and he's like why <laughs> and he's like I put the he's like you stole my credit card he's like no I didn't he's like well I did but then I put it back <laughs> and Steve Martin is like over it he's like I'm done with you and they drive the really, really, really busted car to this hotel. And at this point, they literally have no money. And they're trying to get a hotel room. And Steve Martin drives the car. And he's his fingers stick to the st- steering wheel. And he pries them off when they get there. That's really funny. And then they get to the hotel clerk. And they're like, he's like look, I need a room and I have the, and he's like, cool, I need a major credit card. And then, uh, Steve Martin pulls out these like half, like burnt cards and that they're still smoking. And the guy's like, those aren't credit cards. He's like, fine, I'll pay cash. No worries. He's like, well, I don't have the $42, like $42. This also dates this movie, $42 for a hotel room. Like, that would be a dream come true. Now it's, like, $142 a night. Like, and that's, like, the cheap ones. <laughs> but anyway, so he's like, I don't have the forty-two fifty or whatever, but I do have $17 and a heck of a nice watch. And the guy's like, I don't own this place. I don't know if I can do it, but he ends up doing it. And he's tell, uh, Neil tells Dell, you're on your own. Like, I'm over it. And... Then Dell tries to, he's like, do you have $17 and a nice watch? That's with the hotel. I'm telling you, the background characters in this movie are everything. So he's like, do you have $17 and a nice watch? And Dell's like, well, no, but I do have $2 and a Casio watch. I literally, I don't know what that is, but it's not as nice of a watch that Neil's. So obviously the guy's like, I'm gonna have to say good night <laughs> and Dell is in the busted car which has no roof by the way and it's snowing and he's talking to he's it seems like he's talking to himself but he's like what am I gonna do um I just wanted to be a nice guy for this guy and really help him out and I thought we were friends and he's just talking to himself and Steve Martin has the room but he looks out and he just and he just feels for him at this point, we don't know why he feels for him. And he doesn't know either. But we'll get into that in a minute. And he says, come on in. He lets him into the room. And at this point, they're just trying to laugh it off. And they have... And this kind of was, like doesn't make sense to me. This little tiny detail. They have little... Like the little liquor bottles that they used to have in hotel rooms. Like from the mini bar and like chips and stuff. And I'm like, but they have no money. So how do they get this stuff? Or did mini bars like back then like just not cost anything? Like that was just confusing to me. But either way, they're just drinking and eating chips and having a good time. And they're like, someday we'll laugh about this. And then Steve Martin's like, I'm already laughing about it. And they're like, what a crazy night. And then they end up toasting to their wives. And then you notice that Dell's kind of sad about every time he brings up his wife. And at this point, Neil doesn't think anything of it. So then the the next morning, they are like, okay, we need, like, the last mileage sign I saw when they were driving said 102 miles to Chicago. So at this point, why didn't they just try to figure it out and get home with their car? I don't know, because whatever. They spent the night, and then morning, 
they're trying to get their car out because it's stuck in the snow and growing up Wyoming another thing I can relate to is digging your car out in the mornings or defrosting it or what have you so this car is stuck in the snow because it was snowing all night and they're they're trying to push it out and like John Candy's trying to drive it and Steve Martin's trying to push it and then like for some reason like he's like I'm pushing I'm pushing I'm doing it. he's like push harder or whatever for some reason John Candy like rips it back into reverse and he's like reverse and then he runs the car through the front of the hotel and then Steve Martin's like go just go just go he's like let's get out of here so they did they wrecked it and like like left the scene of the crime and they just leave and they're driving in this beat up old car and the they can't see the speedometer so then they don't know how fast they're going and the fact that they can pass people in this car is hilarious so they pass this minivan and the people in the car kind of staring it out another side character's reaction that is just priceless this family's just staring at them driving driving down the road and then of course they're speeding and then this cop i don't know what the speed limit is but they get pulled over for going 78 and i'm like come on bro like get like give me a break like you're bored it's thanksgiving day i think at this point it's thanksgiving day yeah if the timeline is correct which it's kind of messy but we'll forget about it but anyway the cop pulls him over and it's like this vehicle i can't let you go in like is this even a vehicle you think it's safe for transportation and john candy goes yes yes i do believe it is and he's like i can't let you go um, so they end up at some sort of gas station or something. Car gets towed away and goes to an impound lot and they lose it, whatever. And they're like, now what? And Gus, not Gus, that's the hotel guy. Why did I say that? Dell finds this truck driver who's willing to give them a ride. And the semi driver is, he's, so John Candy's character is in the cab of the car and he comes around. He's like, I got us a ride. And then he's like, and then uh Steve Martin's like oh I don't care as long as the heater's working it's good enough for me he's like actually this guy's kind of weird about people sitting in the front so we're gonna have to sit in the back and I'm thinking like you were just in the front why all of a sudden is he like freaked out about people sitting in the front but whatever it's just for the comedic thing again so the guy like closes the door all scared and then they sit in the back and it's a dairy truck so it's freezing in there again they're sitting in the back of a truck freezing so they finally, finally, finally get to Chicago and they're at the, the metro, uh, at the metro. And this part confuses me. I think at this point, it's just because like they're out of money that they take the, take the subway. But I'm like, why would, why were you too good to take the subway in New York? But like, it's fine in Chicago. I'm like, I'm confused. And Dell and Neil, they part ways and you see this montage Neil is daydreaming about coming home to his family and seeing his kids and his wife and the turkey and the pie and he's so excited to see his family and then he starts seeing like flashbacks of their trip and all the crazy stuff that they did and then he realizes that that there's something up with Neil. He is always sad about when he talks about his wife and he says he hasn't been home in years and that line keeps running through his mind I haven't been home in years like it keeps like over and over repeating like and he's realizing Dell doesn't have anywhere to go and he goes back to the first subway stop or whatever 
and Dell's still there and he's like Dell what's wrong like why are you still here and he's like I don't I'm homeless I don't have anywhere to go my wife died eight years ago and he's like and then Neil really is feeling for him and the next scene they're pulling up to his house for Thanksgiving and he introduces his whole family he's like this is Del Griffith he's gonna come over for dinner and then his wife comes down the stairs and it's like this song is like every time you go you take a piece of me with you or something like that and it's like how long has he been gone because <laughs> it literally took him just an extra two days to get there but like She's acting like he's been gone for like four years in the military or something. But maybe he's just that bad of a dad and a husband that he's literally always in New York for his job. And because he does talk about that earlier in the diner scene. And he's like, I've been away too long because he misses his daughter's Thanksgiving pageant. And she says, I'm grateful my dad is coming home for Thanksgiving. And it's a cute little scene. But then we see baby um, Matthew Lawrence again. And it's really cute. and, And like... The wife is like, oh, hello, Mr. Griffith. Like, she knows who he is, but I bet, like, he called her more times than they show. And she just knows. And she uh, she just has this intuition. She gives him a hug. And everybody's happy. And the movie ends. And it has a really beautiful, satisfying ending. They finally made it for Thanksgiving. They're they're just, now they're just good friends. And, yeah, hopefully everything turned out from there. But that was the longest recording I've ever done. Um, I hope you guys don't get too bored with my voice, but I enjoyed talking about the movie and this is one of my favorite movies of all time and I'm glad I got to share how I feel about this movie with you. And yeah, it's literally, like I said at the beginning of the podcast, it's been a tradition of mine to watch this Thanksgiving weekend or the night or two before Thanksgiving and I don't think I'll ever not watch this like obviously I'll have to if I have kids in the future I'll have to wait till they're a little older I don't think my brother has yet to see this movie Uh, my sisters don't I don't think they like it as much but my dad was really the one who introduced me to this movie and it's it's John Candy and Steve Martin what's not to love but that is going to be all for this episode Um, Like I said, I hope you guys enjoyed and thank you so much for listening and I hope you have a happy and safe Thanksgiving. I will put in the description um, box um, my Instagram account. Um, I'm not going to say it on here just because of spelling and whatever. My last name is kind of hard to spell. Uh, But yeah, you can find me on Instagram and I will plug it in the next episode once I have it in the description. But yeah, have a safe and happy Thanksgiving and please 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 stay safe out there if you are traveling to see your loved ones this thanksgiving take extra precaution wash those hands and hopefully we can beat this thing all together but once again thank you for listening and we'll see you next time bye